Hello and welcome to Earth Calling. We're your hosts, Ed and Laszlo. Every week we bring you a fresh slice of online content, sorting through the likes, the memes, the insta-queens, the swipes, the scrolls, and the Twitter trolls. Together, we're laying down our 21st century digital legacy. So sit back, relax, and buckle in. This is Earth Calling. Welcome back, Earth Callers. A big week for me this week because on Wednesday I received a message from Ed. Just wanted to tell you about this message. He said, I hate to say this, but your Alan Rickman is better than mine. Uh, uh, highlight, highlight of my week because you know I don't have many victories I think in the accents camp Ed is you know he's very good at his accents but I'm very glad you liked it <laughs> Actually, funny enough I think that's the worst Alan Rickman I've ever done just then but anyway I'm gonna work on it but no I did send Lazo that text because I was listening back to it and yeah no it was a it was a victory to, it's fine to yeah, Ed you've got Morgan Freeman you've got you know Frank Underwood under the belt let me have Alan Rickman. Look, all I can say is I... Oh, <laughs> so bad. I'm working on it, Potter. I'm working on it. Back back to back to work. Back, back <laughs> to it, the fitness app Strava. <laughs> exactly. So this week we will be discussing Strava and the world of millennial fitness. And as ever, I have done a bit of research into how the app came to be. And I'll talk us through the premise because Strava, unlike some of our other apps and platforms is perhaps lesser known. So Strava, for those that don't know, is an app that allows you to make fitness social. Okay, cool. Oh my God. And <laughs> you can essentially track your activity. So whether that be a run or a bicycle ride, or maybe you're a speed walker, and you can record where you've been and how fast you've done it in different segments, upload that to the internet, and then compare yourself to your friends or even strangers. So it's a social fitness app. It was founded a while ago, back in 2009, by Mark Gainey and Michael Hovarth. Okay, I'm going to just look. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb. Now, this is Rogue. I think that this app was founded on the west coast of the United States of America. Yeah, getting warmer. Warmer, okay. And more specifically, in the state, California. Correct. In a little valley. Oh, my God. No, oh my no, God. the... Mercury Valley, yeah. Oh, no, uh, yeah. no. It was, of course, founded in San Francisco. And I have to say that I sound like a broken record on these bloody podcasts. I, I would <laughs> love it if we could get a bit of variety. You know, where are the... Not least, so I could do the accents. I mean, where are the South African startups? We could do a... So I could do a great founding story about an incredible technology startup that's just really kicking off in Pretoria. <laughs> I mean... You know, that would be just wonderful. Or maybe, actually, South Africa has a, a company called Naspers that's a big tech investor. They invested in uh, companies like Delivery Hero. But, um, or maybe Scotland. Where are, the, where are the great Scottish startups? You know? oh, <laughs> I knew you'd find a way to just wedge your Andy Murray in there. Because, of course, your founder in, in, in <laughs> Scotland is going to sound a lot like Andy Murray. It's like, 
Yeah, I just started this app, which like you can uh, compare your tennis swing with, uh, you know, yeah. the, the neighbors. And obviously, like it's just starting. We've raided the first round, but it's looking really exciting. I don't know why he always sounds as if he's about to suddenly start crying again. Yeah. <laughs> he's also got this kind of classic example of vocal de- of decay. You know how mm. vocal decay is typically associated with, you know, like California, like oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, but yeah. Murray's kind of like uh, right. yeah. sounds a little bit. Like he's sort of just permanently really bored. Yeah. But uh, but 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 in terms of Scotland, I suppose but Scotland. I was trying to think through this. Scotland do have some great success stories business wise. They've got Brewdog, is yes. a Scottish company, Punk IPA, which has taken the world by storm. But on the tech side, there's perhaps a little bit less coming from from Scotland or indeed South Africa or anywhere other than the Silicon Valley. It's because they invest all their bloody money in trying to scan Loch Ness for uh, for any for signs Nessie. of life. Yeah, for Nessie. Nessie the monster. Yeah. That would be great if there was a Loch Ness monster, wouldn't it? That, that's actually what 2021 needs, don't you think? Like yeah. just discovering yeah. a monster in Definitely. Loch Ness. Definitely. Or maybe it's not what we need because maybe the monster would then eat us all. But <laughs> We've all seen that photo, which is, you know, a, a supposed sighting of Loch Ness monster, which basically looks like this. It's a terrible photo. It's just like a little pipe sticking out from the lake. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, this is the snout. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a snout, mate. That's... But back to Strava. So founded in 2009, but really took until 2019 to kick off. And it was kind of a niche fitness lovers app. But in 2019, Michael Horvath returned as the CEO. And with more innovation and more of a focus on athletes, he led the company to 35% growth in user numbers to 68 million users over just a six month period. So Pretty impressive growth, and I think in 2018 it was adding a million users every 45 days, with eight million activities uploaded each day. So that's the platform itself. Over the years, they have had a couple of hiccups, and one that I wanted to just briefly touch on was a great privacy concern because Strava obviously tracks where you are, it tracks how fast you've done your particular exercise. And this is great if you're just sharing it with your buddies, but the default option is showing everybody in the world what you've done. So you actually have to like untap that when you've done your run. Now, what this led to was a series of highly confidential classified US and UK military bases <laughs> being <laughs> revealed because the soldiers were going stir fry crazy, probably not, you know, fighting or killing anything or anyone and they therefore were going on lots of runs and so you could literally look at the outlines of you know area 51 um <laughs> which is actually probably where our aliens might maybe they're already there maybe oh, they're yeah. actually in there yeah and you can imagine sort of in iraq like they're going around on their runs like i don't know what i've been told <laughs> well, i had that i had that image in my head and i was thinking what the hell are they doing bringing their yeah. you know their phones on their Maybe you could repeat after me. So, I don't know what I've been told. Everybody's growing old. No, you're meant to go. I don't know what it is. What is it? You just repeat what I say. Oh, okay. Go for it. Okay, so. I don't know what I've been told. I don't know what I've been told. Those Taliban boys go and find a stronghold on Strava. That's just really, really convoluted. That's yeah, it doesn't really fit. That's going to turn into a confusing jog. You, you know, you're yeah. trying to, the whole point is you're trying to match the rhythm of your steps. That just doesn't... Stand happen. up. 
So what happened? I mean, did did people, you know, did did people just start, you know, scouting Area 51 based on these jogs? Were, were people... I think it just led to some red faces in the military and Strava has now agreed to collaborate with governments about sensitive objects, militarily speaking. So now they can just basically block any activity going on there. And they've probably told their privates to be a little bit more cautious when they're uploading their stuff i love that because obviously on strava i mean just to give you a quick preview of my experience with strava which totals approximately 12 hours since i downloaded it in preparation for this episode but i've seen that these activities obviously you can name so you give a name to your run i just love the idea of some u.s soldier just name it just like a quick jog to ufo crash site a and back <laughs> It's like very subtle, mate. Very subtle. Yeah. yeah. Just gonna go see ET. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna do a quick lap of illegal nuclear weapons facility <laughs> three six nine. So they had some privacy concerns, but they've got back on track and the app reached cult status last year, I would say, in lockdown 1.0, particularly in the UK, due to a phenomenon known as run five give five to the national health service whereby the idea was that you would run five kilometers and then you would donate five pounds to the nhs at the height of the first wave of covid and this took the country by storm and everybody started posting on instagram showing their strava i was tagged it was one of those great sort of tag and go type scenarios where a bit like the ice bucket challenge yeah um it's great for you know getting stuff done Neck nominate, neck, remember that? Neck and nominate, hell, yeah, yeah, where you dr- drink a drink and then nominate someone, which then ended up with various people dying. But it was one of these social phenomena, and I was nominated by a friend, actually, ironically, because he chose the five <laughs> people he thought were least likely to do it. Uh, to clarify, that's least likely to run, not least likely to donate. I'm very generous. Um, <laughs> yes, Edward has a quarterly direct debit, which uh, goes m- up to... Monthly direct debit. Yeah, m- monthly, yeah. is it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I took up the mantle and downloaded this app and went on my 5k run. And what I liked about it was that you could, yeah, you could see how how fast you did each segment and each kilometer, which was great. That helps you to improve and you can then compare yourself. But I didn't really want to compare myself to anybody else, uh, not least because I wasn't very fast. But what I then started to notice was people were uploading these times that were just not really feasible. You'd be like, Bob, you can barely get up the staircase, mate. There's no way you're running a sub 20 yeah. minute 5k. This is very funny because when I when I first registered for the app, you have a, a flow which gets you to follow people who are already on there. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was pretty funny how they used the term athletes, follow athletes. Yeah, yeah. So there I was. There was, you know, logging in <laughs> with my phone. I see this list of inverted commas athletes and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, these are not bloody athletes. I, you're thinking I Usain Bolt, you're thinking, <laughs> exactly. you know, Eliud Kipchoge. Oh, very yeah. good. Very, yeah. And certainly not um, Marshall Watkins, who, uh, <laughs> you know, sorry to shout out Marshall there, but... Uh, uh, but there was de- there was definitely friend. a cheating going on, and it was almost as if Bob had sort of hopped on a bicycle halfway along the run to you know trick the app into thinking that he was going at superhuman speed. So I did find that a little bit frustrating. And then there was this whole phenomenon of slight one-upmanship, and it's already to a certain extent virtue signaling. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with posting on Instagram. Like, let, don't get me wrong, it raised a huge amount of money and was a wonderful initiative. But there is that certain element of, oh, you know, look at me doing this, and I'm super fast, and I donated yeah, my money. Of course, of course. And then people start going, yeah, well, 
I've actually just done 20k and 20 pounds nominating Sarah, Michael, Spencer and Janie and you're like, there's no need to do to to tell us all that you can run 20k. Yeah. Just give the 20 quid. I remember this video that was popular during the first lockdown where I think these two worlds collided um, with this kind of, you know, guy in his 50s or something who's just a, a part-time jogger. Who, who timed the end of his run with the NHS clap. Yes. So, so he's, he's kind of coming back and he does this kind of round, you know, he, he kind of like does this big loop just to like soak up the applause. And he's kind yeah. of, you know, you waving to all the houses. you got in the background. Okay, you insisted on going to the other passage. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, that's wonderful. So I think, you know, there's there's certainly pros to it. There's an element of the app that I find is a little bit self, self-congratulatory, self but perhaps that's just because I'm extremely bitter because I'm not very fast. And I said to several people when I first realized that I was quite slow, I said, guys, well, you know, I, don't, I obviously don't have a runner's physique. And they're like, Ed, you literally have the exact runner's physique. You've got gangly legs and you're quite tall. You are, you know, you should actually runner, be in Kenya. Yeah. You should be in Kenya, <laughs> chopping down two-hour marathons. But I now run around Hyde Park. Don't stalk me on Strava, by the way. It's it's, it's not available. Please do. Please private. do. And send us your screenshots of Ed's activities. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about Hyde, Hyde Park and my runs there is obviously loads of people run in Hyde Park. And so therefore, there's a lot of data for the different segments. And so I thought, well, I'll just have a look at how I'm doing, how I stack up against everybody else. And there's a segment in Hyde Park called Bayswater to Serpentine. <laughs> and I, oh run this, I run this in three minutes 30. And I was like, that's all right. You know, I'm certainly out of breath by the end of it. Jimmy Heal, who holds the gold <laughs> medal for this particular segment, props to you, Jim, does it in two minutes. So he's running basically no, like a minute no. 30 faster than me. And I thought, well, he's obviously just sprinting it. He's obviously just taking the piss. And he's decided to run this as a kind of, you know, a sprint. Yeah. I looked up his run and it's obviously part of a one hour run that he did. Bloody Jimmy. And you just think, come on, Jimmy, give us all God. a chance. Maybe he just hops on a lime for that little segment. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should treat it as a sprint and make it my life's work to nail the Bayswater Serpentine segment in Hyde Park. Shout out to anyone else who runs in Hyde Park, <laughs> Bayswater to Serpentine, if you can do it in under three minutes. See you there. Look, guys, let's let's just cut cut the shit. It's Thursday's 10 a.m. We're all going to be yeah. the, doing the Bays, Bayswater Serpentine sprint. This is, let's get this, let's get this to go let's viral, this guys. Let's get yeah. this trending, yeah. Serpentine and nominate. <laughs> it doesn't have to Ser- be the label. Serpent nom. <laughs> Serpent nom sounds like a snake's dinner. Nom nom. But so now, so I'm conscious that, you know, I've discussed my experiences in, in the world of millennial fitness. What have you come across, Strava or otherwise? Yes, well, as I said, you know, my experience with Strava is very limited. And, you know, of course, now I'm going to be on a 30-day activity binge. So please do, <laughs> please do follow me and uh, stay tuned. But no, I wanted to talk about this other app, which I find pretty amusing. It's very much in this kind of vein of, let's say, putting metrics and al- analytics to your physical health. And it's called, quite unappealingly, Sweatcoin. Is that crypto or? It's not, it's not a crypto. <laughs> it, it's a form of currency. I wish sweat it was Sweatcoin to the moon. Am I right? S- yeah. <laughs> so Sweatcoin, very simply, rewards you for every step you take in your, in your day. So you, oh. just down, it, you download the app and then it, it, 
it registers how many steps you've made. Today I've made a grand total of 303 steps. It is a Saturday, do excuse me. Uh, Hang um, on, sorry, let's just pause right there. So it is 4.30pm <laughs> in Berlin on a Saturday afternoon, and Laszlo, you've done 300 steps. I really, steps. really wish I hadn't set the number. <laughs> what have you done? You've got out of bed, There's, you need at I least actually, 100 I, to just oh, get ha- up and go to in the my loo. Defense, in, in, the, in my defence, I did take the bins out and not take my phone, so it's not included those, <laughs> those, those valuable steps. Lacey, Lacey, Laszlo needs to go on a couple of runs around Berlin, no? I have a lot on my plate from an admin point of view, okay? Okay, I have a lot of life admin, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, you went a bit Indian in the first part of that sentence. Yeah, and anyway, so back to Sweatcoin, yes, I I have done... Look, the day's not over, okay? There's plenty of time left in the day for me to rack up those steps, just be patient. But basically, Sweatcoin... It counts how many steps you do and then it awards you its currency called sweat coins, which you can then spend on various things in the app. So my total balance is actually quite high now. It's uh, 750 sweat coins, which means a lot of steps. And just going now well, what's, into the... what's, what's that in real money? Come on. But you can't transfer it to real money. You've just got to, you've got to spend it on well, these Well, okay, what can treasures? you get for 750? Okay, well, that's what I'm about to say. So um, I've just gone on the purchasing. I can buy... Uh, it's all in German, but uh, 50% off Rabat auf Stilische is your Le Flasche von Fancy Trinken. I don't really know what it okay, means. Okay, well, I got it... the Fancy Drinken at the end. <laughs> exactly. That sounds rather nice. Perhaps yeah. a sort of... Um... Yeah, it's just kind of like... I'll show I'll show you on the camera. It's just kind uh, of like yeah. these little, you know, water yeah. bottles, basically. Um, yeah, it's cost, a water they, bottle. They're very in, those water bottles. They are very in. They cost me 15 sweat coins. So, you know, in theory, quick maths here, I could buy... Um, I could buy around 50 of those bottles. Hang on. Sorry. So wh- where does the money for these... Did you put this money in and then you unlock it like those apps nope. where they sort of force... You, you sort of force yourself by giving the app a load of money and then you unlock it by going to the gym? Not at all, no. This is this is very simply just uh, a credit which I can spend on these items. And of course, the way that Sweatcoin themselves monetize is by having partnerships and sponsorships with these brands. So but- obviously... Th- yeah. Sorry. So I well, we all need to download this thing. So I literally just yeah. by wandering around yeah. make money, and I do that anyway. Yeah, but but make sure you take it when you go and put your bins up. What about the big leagues? Is there anything on there for yeah. sort of yes. three hundred sweat coins? So there is. Before I don't know where it is now, but before, before there was like a something like a hundred inch LED TV, which is which costs you something like two thousand sweat coins. Um, what, to that, but. Okay, how long have you had this? I'm basically trying to work out how many yeah. days I need to walk to get a TV. To get a TV, yeah. I've had this, I think, probably six months. Okay, so, so after a year or so, if I, well, with me, actually, with my walking compared to yours, you know, I could probably get a TV pretty quick. You, you could, you could. Anyway, so so I just think Sweatcoin is a very funny example of, of the way that we try to kind of monetize these physical activities. Well, everyone, it's time for what has swiftly become the number one segment on here it's none other than laszlo's listicles obviously we've been a bit liberal with the way that i'm actually doing these you know one week it's <laughs> to kind of guess the top 10 youtube videos in in laszlo and ed stream one week it's not even list related this week i'm glad to announce it does actually involve a listicle the traditional listicle. good back um, to basics back to basics uh, but the actual challenge for Ed is going to be different. So this time, what I'm actually going to do, Ed, is I'm going to tell you five of the items that appear on this list. Mm. 
And I want you to guess what the listicle actually is. So what basically unites these items and makes them appear on the same collection. Ooh, interesting. Okay, so a, bit I will of a, give you... so a bit of an inversion of an already extremely unclear premise exactly, or segment. Exactly, exactly. Great, the, the, if good. You thought the, if you thought the premise was getting any clearer this episode, I'm afraid it's not. <laughs> uh, so I will give you a small hint, which is that the, the theme of this listicle is very much related to the content of this episode so think millennial well, health bloody hope so all... I mean, yeah. <laughs> you would you would hope so i mean that's that's why i, I get paid the big bucks to run this segment um okay well, so if you, were, if you were running this segment you'd be getting paid in sweat coin am i right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna read out uh, these five items and then you're gonna think out loud okay and try to connect them got it so number one is beer number two is packaged peanuts. Number mm-hmm. three is white sugar. Number I should be f- writing these down. <laughs> I? You should, you should. That's what any diligent listicle student would do. And number four is chewing gum. And then the last one is just figs. <laughs> just to recap, because I have not written them down. So it's beer, peanuts, white yeah. sugar, yeah. chewing gum, and figs. That's it. That's all you're getting. And we're thinking what unites those in the context of millennial fitness. Millennial health. Millennial health. Okay. So because I do like to flex my knowledge, I am just going to have to drop in a bit of trivia about figs, which I just can't oh, see that there without saying it. I like where this go- is going. Go for it. So did you know, Laszlo and listeners, <laughs> that in every fig there is the decomposed remains of a dead wasp? Very excellent knowledge because that is, is that something related, I, that is something is that I learned. It is, it is. So you're on really, really good, good, oh, uh, good terrain here. I just love that. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. kind of annoying. I, I, I think I want to make these listicles in some way. So I'm harder. therefore starting to think about something down the line of enzymes and organic processes. Something to do with fermenting, maybe. Given that we've got beer. Gum obviously sets off stomach acids. Um, there's, you're not giving me anything from your look here, okay? Figs <laughs> um, decompose their wasps and break them down. Peanuts, I'm very confused by how they fit in. I mean, technically they pack an alarming amount of energy into a very small amount of unit space. Just to but. just to update the listeners, it's quite funny because Ed is basically he's he's looking at his list, he's kind of <laughs> you know thinking out loud, and then he keeps on looking at the at the screen to gauge my reaction, as if I'm just be like, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, you're giving me nothing. It's like playing poker with Le Chiffre. Am I right? Oh yeah. Yeah, Casino Royale, great film. So I was thinking that it was something to do with weird foods that trigger some form of organic process within the body which is somehow good for you and have been trending at some point on some blog okay for that for their various properties that are connected to that you're you're not right i I, i'm just gonna ask you to to try and do a second guess really thinking about the whole wasp in fig thing because that's a really Mm -hmm. good Mm. good kind of uh, yeah train of thought so the wasp to clarify, I believe the wasp is involved in the pollination of the fig. So they are they basically help the fig to procreate, but they get stuck 
uh, or no, the wasp lays its larvae inside the fig. Exactly. It's, it's kind of okay. almost disturbing how much you do know about this very specific yeah. topic. Uh, but, <laughs> but yes, but yes, female wasps lay their eggs inside figs, and mm. they are oft, often unable to escape from the fruit, and they decompose inside. Do millennials lay eggs in pints of beer? I mean, like, what is you, the... You smashed it. You smashed it. Yeah. All, yeah. Sugar. I mean, I don't know, mate. You, you put me out of my misery. Yeah, so I will put you out of your misery. You were close because of the whole wasp thing. But these, very surprising, and I would explain how, these are all under the list 15 surprising foods you think are vegan but aren't. Ah, nice. Okay. So yeah, that's where the wasp that. comes in. Yeah, I should have got that. Bugger. So beer, of course, is not because of the um, reaction that happens with the yeast, I would imagine, and therefore that's considered to be a living thing. Is that or it's actually not? It's it's not. It's because many many beers, especially in the UK, are filtered with something called isinglass, which is a membrane that comes from tropical fish bladders, and it usually. Oh come on, mate! We don't need to know that. <laughs> when I'm when I'm sitting in a pub. On April the twelfth, in a beer garden, looking down at a lovely pint of Stella. I love the fish bladder brew, please. Yeah, I don't want to be thinking about the fact that it's been filtrated through a fucking. Well, I'm s- I'm sorry, Ed, but in the real world, you know, uh, these things are not as simple as they seem. Okay, interesting. Um, the one the one that I'm probably most confused by is peanuts. Because okay. Are you talking about like you're talking about the peanuts that you get in a in a packet rather than yep. just the actual sort yep. of monkey nuts as I think they're known. Is, okay. Exactly, yeah, so. exactly. Obviously orga- organic peanuts uh, are all good to go, mm. but basically popular brand <laughs> I really do fear that the 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 listeners are really going to resent me for ruining a lot of their major snacks and drinks. Oh, here we um, go. Basically some peanut brands, I say some because it's it's not all are coated What about okay, and- well we well, the only one we care about is the one where there's like the big peanut with the monocle. You know the bloke, I mean, <laughs> that guy. What, the KP? KP nuts, K- yeah. KP. Uh, it's not mentioned here. This is an American article after all. But okay, basically, well, apparently yeah. some peanuts are coated with an animal-based gelatine that makes them taste extremely salty. Should Lovely. I ruin white sugar for everyone? Well, and I think sh- white sugar has insects in it, doesn't it? No. So I, actually, I oh. did actually know this, this one, that white sugar or a lot of types of white, white sugar actually have bone marrow in them. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Why? What's that got to do with anything? just makes it nice and powdery you know that i don't believe what do you mean that white sugar has bone marrow in it 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 just does it just does but also yeah so it gets filtered through animal bones that's not quite the explanation i actually had in my mind but that's what the oh hang on sorry i was actually just going to talk about how brown sugar is better but i was reading the expert excerpt in the description it says actually if you're wondering whether brown sugar is better the answer is no (laughs) the process is the same with the addition of molasses so yeah. Oh, I do so, like molasses. Though. Oh, molasses! molasses. Oh, yes. why don't it's such a wonderful <laughs> word, molasses? Okay, but fine. So that's sugar, and then chewing gum. I think probably has gelatin or some kind of glycose, something or other. Chewing gum is u- made using gelatin or stearic acid, which is derived from boiling animal leftover skin and bones. Right. Well, <laughs> great. Thanks for that, Lazo. I mean, you've ruined a bunch of nice, nice food stuffs for us today. I feel bad, guys. This. I, I have to say that this this episode of Lazarus Listicles really took a turn for the worse. I, I promise that in the future I will not be revealing really dark secrets about um, everyday items we consume. I'm pretty sure vegans chew a lot of gum. The ones I know do, anyway. <laughs> 
Maybe they've so got vegan just, just to be gum. clear, you've got a specific set of kind of <laughs> set of vegan friends in your head, and you've just drawn that second circle in the Venn, Venn diagram yes. to be yeah, gum chewers, and there's a big intersection. There's a there. big overlap, yeah. Big overlap, cool. I'll tell you a Venn diagram I would love to see. It would be a Venn diagram that shows vegans, Peloton owners, and Lululemon legging wearers. Like, <laughs> are the circles actually all... Same. I'm, I'm slap bang in the middle. I'll tell yeah, you that you'd for love free. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lululemon. What? A, what a great brand. Um, how have they done that? They basically took essentially leggings, or are they called jeggings? If they're jogging leggings, apparently. But anyway, they mm. took leggings and made them a fashion accessory. So you have Sweaty Betty. Also amazing yeah. how they made a brand out of something that makes you think of. They should partner with Sweatcoin. They should actually mm. Sweaty Betty featuring Sweatcoin. But it's wonderful how over the course of our lifetimes, essentially fitness and health has become a fashion statement. So back in the day, if you walked down the Lower East Side of Manhattan, for example, you probably would have seen people wearing very baggy jeans and uh, crop tops, perhaps for the women uh, or the men, if that's your thing. And nowadays, you would not see that. You would see people going in their Nike trainers with their leggings. And it's not even like they've been to the bloody exercising. They haven't been to Soul Cycle. They're just out to get their matcha latte or their smoothie. And they're wearing their leggings because it's it's fashionable, and you know not, yeah. nothing to knock that. But it's it's amazing what they've done those those brands. Athleisure, I believe the sector is called. Is it called that? Athleisure. Yeah. I don't like that. Oh, Can, why not? I don't know. It just reminds me of athlete's foot. Why does it remind me of athlete's foot? Oh, what is athlete's You're really foot? Awful. Why am I, I bringing mean, up? What are you doing today? <laughs> I've done my three hundred and three steps, and I'm feeling kind of shagged out. Okay, so yeah. yeah. But it's a whole world out there of wonderful fitness innovations that we will have to spend a bit more time on, I think, because, you know, I would love to talk through the phenomenon that is the spin class. You know, I go to yes. cycle and that's spelt P-S-Y-C-L-E because no, no, you can't no, just call no. it. Yeah, exactly. That so really I go to cycle and it's like a cult. So it's the London equivalent of Soul Cycle, which started in America and is super cool. Anyway, we have cycle which is a bit more rough and ready and you go in and it's like being at a club and I need as much distraction as possible to basically make me forget that I'm doing stuff that my body doesn't really want me to be doing and at the end of the class everybody's whooping and cheering and screaming and you feel like you're attending some kind of southern baptist convention I guess yeah and at the yeah. end the instructor who is basically a preacher he's called AD he's bloody cool and he's got very big <laughs> muscles he gets up and he makes everybody make the sort of praying hands. Oh and he my goes, god! Now everybody repeat after me: "I am damn awesome." And the no, entire no, class no. goes, "I am damn awesome." No, I don't know why no. I did a high voice. I mean, they are mainly women, but and I'm sort of there, rather <laughs> awkwardly standing. Sort of, it's sort of cat among the pigeons, isn't it? For you in a spin class. I can't hear you. I said I am damn awesome. I am, I'm beautiful and I'm yeah. strong and I will be and then better. There's, and then there's bloody Barry's boot camp, which I went to and I felt extremely uncomfortable because Jesus. you do most of the exercises looking at yourself in the mirror. And I just thought, wow, what a sort of unhealthy, self-obsessed. That's quite American psycho. Christian Bale going at it on, on his bed looking at himself. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a red lit room as well. It's called the Red Room, so it's very American Psycho. Actually, that's a good point. Jesus. Yeah. Every morning I apply a facial scrub and do two hundred press ups because it makes me feel good. Yeah. 
Honestly, I would pay good money to be a fly on the wall on one of your spin classes. <laughs> Ed just kind of sweating from head to toe with this massive burly instructor. Ed, look at me. Look at me. You yeah. are strong. I yeah. am strong. You are strong. <laughs> I am strong. You are strong. I'm sure I am. Just you're cycling through the accents more yeah. than cycling on the actual bloody thing. But that will have to wait for another day when we can delve into all of these wonderful fitness trends in a bit more detail. Because for today, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening. Please, as ever, do download us on Spotify. Give us a like on Apple. Drop us a review. Some people have been doing the reviews. Not many. Like the amount of people that listen to this. Come on, guys. Give us a review on Apple. It really helps. And do give us a follow over on Instagram at earth underscore calling underscore pod where you can follow along for the latest updates and some bonus content. Yes, and do join us next week for another episode where we continue our relentless pursuit of hashtag content and this time scrutinize the age-old institution that goes by the name email. Mm. So So make sure you CC your friends on the invite and tune in then. But for now, it's Earth out.